been looking at the conduct of Christians in this chapter 3 of First Peter within the family. And uh, we've gone up to verse 7 with that. And now we looked at the con- secondly at the conduct of Christians in the fellowship, chapter 3, and that goes to verse 13, from 8 to 13. And we read there, Finally, be ye all of one mind. He, he sounds like a preacher, doesn't he? Final point. <laughs> How long is he? He's about halfway through the book. <laughs> but um, finally, be ye all of one mind, having a compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing, knowing that ye are called to this, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for instructive words that we can heed in the fellowship. Lord, in the family, we need to obey that. That's priority. And then in the fellowship, Lord, these things we need to do. And as we look at some of these words tonight, may you challenge and speak to us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so, the conduct of Christians in the, fa- in the fellowship. First of all, we're to be submissive. In our ways, that's verses 8 to 9. Submissive in our ways. In verse 8, there's several things that are mentioned here. We're to be compatible. It reads, finally, be all of one mind. Now, unsaved people can be compatible if they've got the, <coughs> the interests that the other has but they're not always compatible. In the, in the Christian fellowship, everyone has a different personality and uh, different talents and gifts and abilities, but we are to be compatible. And does this mean that we're to compromise our doctrine to be compatible? Not at all. That's uniformity. We're looking for unity, not uniformity. Uniformity is we all just get along and cover up everything to bring uniformity, but we want doctrinal, biblical, Christian unity. So to be compatible doesn't mean to compromise. Um, How do we become of what it says here, one mind, in verse 8? How to to become of one mind? Well, submitting to the truth of Scripture, submitting to the power of the Word of God in 1 Corinthians Chapter 1, it speaks quite often of this, of being one and one-minded and like-minded. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Now, this is doctrine. <laughs> this is truth. This is chapter 1, verse 10 of First Corinthians. That there be no divisions among you, but Paul knew there were because Chloe told him. But that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind, So twice there, speaking the same thing, being of the same mind and in the same judgment. 
and come down with the same judgment on issues because you're following the judgment, the, <laughs> the word of God that he's laid down for us. And so <clears throat> there be of the same mind, like-minded, one-minded. In chapter 13, verse 11 of 2 Corinthians, right at the end of 2 Corinthians, verse 11, finally, brethren, farewell, be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. So <clears throat> among those things that are listed, be of one mind. One mind in the word, one mind in God. And as we agree in that fashion, we are on, as we say, the same page in the, in the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> Philippians says this three times. Three times in Philippians. Chapter 1, first. And verse... 27. Only let your conversation, our behaviour, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. You know, in the Lord. Behave that way that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So standing fast with one spirit, one mind. The spirit of God, through the word of God, teaches us the way of God and and uh, you know what we should be doing and we can strive then together for the faith of the gospel we're all we're not tugging against each other we're pulling the same way on the rope and um things get done as we labor together and strive together in that and chapter two just down and verses first few verses there if there be therefore any consolation in Christ here, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, if there's going to be this sort of unity amongst us, and if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be what? Like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. There's Christian unity. <laughs> and then you have consolation, verse 1 spoke about, comfort and fellowship, as, you, as we are of one mind, <clears throat> and one accord and I pray that we be that way so here I, I don't know that I didn't look up whether the Philippians had a problem with this well it did, they did look at chapter 4 I didn't know I had it written down verse 2 of Philippians <clears throat> I beseech Euodia and I beseech Sintica however that they may be of the what same mind in the Lord and apparently they were not being of the same mind they were at each other and that is not what God wants in a fellowship it's also in Romans 15 we won't go there verse 5 and 6 Romans 15 5 and 6 and verse chapter 12 verse 16 we are to be compatible on the same page one mind like minded in the truth the, the next thing in verse 8 of First Peter 3, finally be of one mind, having compassion one of another. We're to be compassionate. So compatible and compassionate. It's the word, what we would use, sympathetic. Suffering with one another. <clears throat> in First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 26, 
we read, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honoured, all the members rejoice with it. And so sympathetic and compassionate, whether you're up or down. Be, um, it's, you know, which, which one is easier to be? Sympathetic and compassionate towards someone that's suffering some tr- troubles or someone that's, you know, got everything going right for them? The one with troubles, it is. Because what with the other one? What's in us that makes it hard to rejoice with those that rejoice? May. Jealousy. Envy. Covetousness. <laughs> I like what they've got and haven't got it. I really don't want to rejoice with them. <laughs> and that's just human nature. We shouldn't be like that. But that can be so. But we're to be sympathetic and in, in our understanding, mostly it's those who are going through hard times and we suffer with one another. <laughs> it's, it's true in the body, isn't it? Brother Dunn, where do you hurt? <laughs> Which, <laughs> one spot <laughs> where they went in and wriggled around a lot, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right, <Yeah>. but uh, <clears throat> when that hurts, everything hurts. <laughs> you know, brain hurts. The Panadol solves a problem, or whatever. <clears throat> More <pain's> better. <laughs> <laughs> then you have visions <laughs> or hallucinations. <laughs> I've, I've heard of people's uh, exploits on that, and it's yeah, it gives you different visions some are terrible like you know just before you wake up with a terrible dream and they're they're like that just constant others are are good (laughs) visions but uh, one one thing hurts it seems the whole lot hit your finger and everything brain says that hurt Um, we need to be as the body of Christ one member suffers all the members suffer with it Uh, the infirmities in Romans chapter Romans chapter 8 Verse 26 and 27. Like the wiser spirit helpeth our infirmities. The, the troubles we have. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He searches our hearts and so he knows the feeling. He, he knows we, we can't see him. We might be able to sense that he's there. And we know the word, and he uses that in our life. But he helps us in that compassion, compassionate way in knowing our infirmities and knowing that when we're hurting, he is hearing. You know? When we're hurting, he is hearing. And he is taking that and translating that to God. That's what the Bible says. What should we do? Believe it. Believe that when we hurt, he knows and he's taken those prayers and those infirmities compassionately to the Father. And <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 says, For we have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So the Holy Spirit's taking them and interpreting them from the groanings that cannot be uttered, taking them to the Lord Jesus, our high priest, 
and he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He was tempted in all points like as we are. So rejoice with them that rejoice. Be compassionate. Be sympathetic toward those that need sympathy. Uh, We are not only to be compatible, verse 8, this is back in, in that, and compassionate, but we are also to be caring. It says there, love as brethren. Love as brethren. Uh, we're in the same family. Now, siblings might fight, but if an enemy from outside comes and attacks one of them, they all unite. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they <clears throat> unite against the common enemy. We are in the same family. If you go back in First Peter chapter 1 and verse 22, it says there, seeing that you are purified, you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, there is a spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. It's not a put on love. It's unfeigned. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. <clears throat> so to be caring and loving because we're in the same family. Chapter 2 of First Peter and verse 17 says, Honour all men, love the brotherhood. Love the brotherhood. Fear God, honour the king. So <clears throat> love the brotherhood. Be caring one toward another. Chapter 4 and verse 8 of Peter. And what's this whole book about? Suffering. And this is what we need to be doing, sharing the burdens one of another. And verse 8, And above all things, have fervent charity or love among yourselves, for charity, love, shall cover a multitude of sins. So have this fervent love. It's not speaking weeping sins under the carpet but it is meeting the needs of those that are hurting and uh, have repented of what they've done wrong um, chapter 5 and verse 14 of first peter he in the last verse greet ye one another with a holy kiss or oh, sorry huh, that's some other verse with a kiss of charity you know just blow one don't do it <laughs> um, peace be with you all Amen. And so he's using this phrase throughout here. We are to be caring one for another. We hold each other up. We defend each other like a family member. And I pray that you, as a Christian, as I have had to in time past, don't defend a family's sins. A family member's sins. The best thing you can do for them is point it out and say, look, you need to get this right. And like family members, we need to point this out and be caring and concerned for them. As a liberal way of going about it, covering it up. Uh, we are to, fourthly, be comforting. There, it says in verse 8, well, that's all those, they're all in a list, a line there. One mind, having compassion, love as brethren, be pitiful. <coughs> be pitiful. That's the same word as tender hearted in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. Full of pity. Ephesians 4 and verse 32 tells us. And be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And so be pitiful, knowing that we are in the flesh too, and that we also could do 
what they've done and be looked down upon. And consider that. So tender-hearted and pitiful. The word, the world is cruel, cold, callous and pitiless. Um, but we should not be that way. We should be serving and loving the Lord. Um, <clears throat> the next one is in verse 8 again. Uh, we are to be courteous. And that starts with a C. It's right there. Um, philophron is the Greek word. And it means to be friendly. Uh, the word used of those who helped the shipwreck castaways on Malta in Acts chapter 20, 28 and verse 7. <clears throat> Now, remember, it was real stormy weather. That's why the boat went down and they landed there at Malta. And so they were all like drowned rats coming out of the sea. Storm time. It might, might have been winter, wintery time. Remember, Paul had said, don't leave. It's the wrong time to leave now. Winter's coming. And so <clears throat> here they were coming off this. Strangers didn't speak probably the same language too much. But there in 28 and verse 7, it said, in the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously, <laughs> a friendly in a friendly way. Um, gave them food, dried their clothes, warmed them up, and they gave them hot soup, whatever. <laughs> what word might we associate this with today? Philophron. philanthropy philanthropy and so being courteous and kind and helping others now I think the world by the time it resets in 2030 they say they will be forcing philanthropy they'll take what you've saved up with hard work and give it to those people that haven't worked hard and say this is fair <laughs> now it's, that's philanthropy comes from the heart of a person not from we can't, we're taking it from you that's communism socialism and uh, that's where we're very quickly headed so uh, <clears throat> be courteous especially toward one another be considerate one of another don't be rude to others be humble minded put, your, put others ahead of yourself I've written th these things down and verse 9 this is the last one in First, First Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Within the fellowship, have these things to the fore. Oh my, here it is. Verse 9. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing, knowing that ye are called to this, that ye should inherit a blessing. Be conciliatory. We are to be conciliatory. Difficult times were just around the corner. Paul knew it, others knew it, and they could see it coming. If you go back to First Corinthians chapter seven, First Corinthians chapter seven, verse twenty-five to twenty-nine. <clears throat> now this is in the middle, and it's it's not what it's talking about, but it comes out in what is talking about there. He is talking about he's talking about married people, separated people, virgin. Virgins that haven't been married and just dealing with this. And in the middle of this, he says in verse 25, now concerning virgins, so he's changing tact here. He's talking to virgins, I, them unmarried people. 
I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as one that obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. And really that tells you Paul was never married. <clears throat> Pardon me. He gives his judgment on this, as I've been faithful to be able to continue as virgin. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. What did he just talk about? He talked about himself and other people that weren't married. He said it's good for them to be and remain unmarried. Well, why? Because of the present distress. You see, it was drawing very close to when Rome was coming down to sack Jerusalem. Titus was coming down and just... And, and Paul said it's probably wiser to remain single so you can run, literally. You can move around, you can live, you, you, you scavenge food for yourself, you find shelter, caves. and that, That's the way they had to live when that happened. They were, they were splattered everywhere. <clears throat> and even before this, the persecution of Stephen, the Christians were already out of Jerusalem mainly. But it's present distress. I think it's good for man to be as he was. And in his minute, style of ministry... Who would, who, what wife would want to be with Paul? <laughs> all over the world, all hours of the day and night. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loose. So if you're married, don't seek to be loosed. Art thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. Um, <clears throat> but if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. So you can if you want, but be warned, there's trouble coming. And this is. What I've drawn over into this verse, difficult times are just around the corner. The official persecution was about to happen in Peter's day. They, Paul saw it, Peter could see it coming. Rome was already putting its foot down against Christians and persecuting them. So was it happening there in Israel at Jerusalem. <clears throat> and so he said this, and I think we need to consider this even today and in fact people have talked to me about that privately about decisions they're making because of the closeness of trouble coming it's all on the horizon isn't it it's there it's been set up now and so we can see and sense it we can understand where we the time we're living in and so let's be wise about these things make decisions accordingly even so today uh, <clears throat> recall the Syrian general Naaman had a little Jewish girl, slave girl who could have rendered evil for evil our verse here is saying that verse 9, not rendering evil for evil railing for railing but instead she blessed we should be like her Realise we're called to this and that we'll be remunerated by the Lord for it and inherit a blessing, as it says in verse 9. This little maid could have said, serves him right. He killed mum and dad. His armies killed him. He grabbed me and dragged me up here. And what else has done that happened to her too that we don't know about? He got what's coming to him. I relish his soon passing. He's got leprosy, he's going to die. <laughs> Good. No, she didn't have that attitude, did she? <laughs> Not evil for evil, railing for railing, but instead she blessed and said, I know someone that can fix you up. 
<clears throat> How do we respond to injuries, insults and injustices done to us? Do we do what in, the Lord said not to do in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38? And following, ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for a what? And a tooth for a... He knock my tooth out, and I front up, and I'll knock yours out. <laughs> but I say unto you, said the Lord, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other. And if any man will sue thee at law, take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. Wow, <laughs> this is tough. This is hard to live. This is Christianity. This is what the Lord did, didn't he? Forgive them, for they know what know what they they know not what they do. As he looked down from the cross and saw them doing what they were doing, and knowing, you know, I mean, he'd been crucified there, <clears throat> and so. How do we respond to injuries, injustices and insults done to us? Do we operate on the basis of justice, on the basis of law or on the basis of mercy? Satanic, <laughs> they will render evil for good. That's what's happening in the world in a lot of places. Just read in um, Friends of Israel, Israel, my glory. About what's happening in India with um, them coming against Christians there and just coming dragging the husband out beating all the fellas up killing them and the wives if they come out and try and help and then doing terrible things to them and the kids it's, it's really rising over there now and uh, satanic levels rending evil for good what have we done and the one husband was there and got to the police station, pleaded with them for go to go and help. They wouldn't move. They're for the Hindus. And uh, satanic things are happening all over the place, all over the world. Human level, on the human less satanic level, the human level is good for good. You do good, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Do good for good. The divine level, the Christian level, is do what? For evil. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, someone has to break the tension, the situation. That's what the Lord has done. He, he, he's a circuit breaker for eternity for all of us, really. We all deserve nothing. That's really I know it is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let. <laughs> Let other people like our neighbour say of you, and his name was John too. Yeah. I told you what he said, did I? No, I probably yeah, didn't. You'd gone, you'd gone north. <laughs> and old John said, he got what he deserved, didn't he? <laughs> I didn't know he knew you. He didn't, I didn't know he... It was all come out through the newspaper and that. When that fellow did that to you, this is what society thought. Yeah. Well, that's the human level, isn't it? Yes. Well, evil for evil. <laughs> he got... He died. That man did. He died and he drowned. And um, the police knew who it was, but they hadn't nailed him at that time. Um, <clears throat> so these are the things that God wants us to do in the family of the Lord, in the fellowship of the Lord. 
and, uh, and that will also be outside the fellowship. In Romans chapter 12, verse 17 to 21, we read, Recompense no man evil for evil. I'm talking to Christians in the... You know, this is what we're not to do. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself. Don't take it out on them. Don't, you know, don't hit them back. But rather give place to, unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Well, I was preaching that not recently. I'm trying to remember when that was. Oh, when I was preaching on on the um, Korah and those guys, and if uh, if Moses has done the wrong thing, let God take the vengeance. Leave it to the Lord. I will repay. How quickly does the Lord repay? Yes. It takes a long time sometimes. In fact, it doesn't happen in our lifetime sometimes. It'll be in eternity and would not like to be in... Was that a month? Was it with that? Yeah. Yeah. He was. was, You were still here then. You hadn't gone north by that time. Yeah. Um, Second Corinthians and chapter ten, verse one to six. We're in a battle, folks. We're in a battle to the death, and we're in struggle. We're not. We're struggling with fleshly things. In verse three, it says, "For we we walk." Although we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the, the flesh wants to retaliate. The flesh wants to get re- revenge. We're not that way. That's carnal behaviour. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into, every, into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Having a readiness to... Revenge all disobedience. Revenge disobedience, but not not things that have... The Lord will do what he needs to do in his time when your obedience is fulfilled. And so recognise it's a spiritual battle, not a fleshly battle that we're in. <clears throat> and uh, I read a story in 1955... 1555, I mean, and... Um, <clears throat> Latimer and another preacher were there. I don't know if I related it to you recently, but they, they were being burned at the stake. And uh, they'd stopped trying to struggle and fight, and they just said, one, one was depressed and the other wasn't. And one said, non-depressed one said, well, brother, we're going to be with the Lord in a minute, <laughs> and let's go together. And they did, and died together for preaching the truth. Um, what did Stephen do when he was stoned? And he was his last words, lay not this into their charge. What did Jesus say when he's been crucified? <laughs> Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then example after example that there is given in the in the Bible of a conciliatory action toward those that have wronged us, particularly the unsaved, but even amongst the Christians. Um, <clears throat> okay, then we'll leave it at that, that point. We're going to look at we are to be sanctified in our words is the next one.